Welcome to Coaching with Kim segment, where I dive into your answering your style, dating, and relationship questions live here on the Charisma Quotient. I have a story that I wanted to share with you that I think is a very familiar scenario. I was working with a client, and as some of you know, I do these in-person experiences. Um, And for me, that's the best because I really see people live in action in their natural environment. And actually, I was just walking with this client. Uh, We were in San Francisco. It was a little cool outside, and we were walking up a hill. And we were on the shady side, okay? And so I'm talking to her, and we're actually walking towards a bar. We were going to go do some interactions. And she turns to me, and she says, uh, Kim, do, do you want to go to the sunny side and walk? And I stopped and I looked at her. I said, would you like to go to the sunny side? <laughs> and she, she kind of looked at me. She laughed nervously. And then all of a sudden, her eyes welled up with tears because she knew what I was getting at because we had a big discussion about communicating her needs. And she said, oh, my God. I just did it, didn't I? I said, yeah, you did. I said, what is it that you want right now? She said, well, I want to go to the sunny side because I'm cold and I would love to get warm. I said, awesome. Absolutely. I would love to go over there too. And she realized in that moment, it was such a small example of a bigger problem, that how many times in her life was she not communicating what she wanted, that she was not communicating what she needed. And in fact, she was always placing what she wanted onto somebody else. And that's what she had done in that moment. And what I said to her, I said, that is such a more effective statement, letting me know how you feel. Because what if I didn't want to go to the sunny side? that would have been okay. (laughs) And we would have, you know, joined each other at the top of the hill. But you need to start talking in terms of your needs and not putting it on to others. And, you know, a little bit of backstory about this client is that she had been married to a full-blown narcissist and she was so used to always catering to his needs. And she really forgot to have a voice. She forgot to actually tell people what it is she wanted. And this was playing out in every aspect of her life with her friendships, with, you know, even in her business. And she saw that there was a whole theme of what was, you know, for her not being able to express concerns, things that she wanted and feelings overall. 
And this is a common scenario I see play out time and time again with clients. And, you know, there's usually reasons behind it. Um, some of it comes from our upbringing and our family system and our scribed roles growing up where maybe, you know, we were the caretakers or we were the voice of the family, but that we weren't allowed to, you know, say our own. And it also comes from a lot of fears. It could be fears of abandonment. It could be um, not wanting to rock the boat and fear of, you know, maybe the other person not liking them. And I see this being played out time and time again when it comes to dating and relationships. And that's why I brought my client on the call today to really dive into this issue because I know this is something that she is working on and she's come a long way, but she still is wondering how this can be you know, played out in relationships. I think she's getting better with dating, but then, you know, as she gets into deeper relationships, she's still catching herself. So Sandy's on the line. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Kim. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy that you decided to be here. I know I had to do a little coaxing, but here you are. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I've known you for a while. I just wanted to let all of you know that, that I've been working with Sandy for a while. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And um, Kim, you kind of hit the nail on the head. So I um, have been working with you for a while and have actually just been really amazed at like how I've grown in making connections and dating and flirting and like, it's been really fantastic. Um, but like I'm getting deeper in relationships and I'm, I'm practicing and trying to become more comfortable with expressing my needs. Um, so this is so timely. Um, I did have to laugh because you talked about that story about being in San Francisco. So I live in San Francisco and <laughs> you're always crossing the street to walk on the sunny side because it's never that warm. So, right. <laughs> so I, I loved that story and I love that you were climbing a hill too, because I have to climb up a huge hill to go up to my house and there are days I love it and there are days that I'm I'm like, why did I make this decision? <laughs> well, but the question is, if you were walking with someone and they were on the shady side, would you now, after working together, say, hey, I'd like to go to the sunny side because I'm cold? Uh, absolutely, because I don't <laughs> like to be cold. And if yeah. I'm cold, I'm not happy. So it's important for me. Good, good. Well, I, I have to say you've come a long way because I think when I first got to know you, you maybe wouldn't have said that. Like you really have come a long way and I want to like just praise you for that because it's been amazing to, and then also to watch the results that came out of it, you know, when you, yeah. when you do express your needs and wants. And again, it's something that I think so many of us struggle with, especially women, because we're, we're really used to you know, catering to other people's needs. So on top of all the family dynamics and, and cultural issues that, you know, we've grown up with personally, we also have the societal pressures of, and, and just ideas about what a woman should be. And that is, you know, nurturance and catering to others rather than ourselves. But, um, okay. So you want to talk more about how to use this in the context of deepening relationships as you get into, do you have like a particular, um, scenario or something that you're thinking about in relation to that? Yeah, um, I do have a scenario. And I think um, 
one thing that I would lead with though is you're talking about why it's sometimes hard to bring up Mm -hmm. your needs. And I mean, I know very much um, some of it for me is upbringing and some of it is like just general family situation and, you know, serious things going on. And you're like, well, my stuff is not as important as that. Um, So getting kind of used to that type of mindset, which is not always good. And then there's Wait, can you pause? Wait, actually pause there because I think that's really important. What you just said, do you mind sharing a little bit of, of, how that played out in your family? Because I think, I think people can really relate to that in different ways. Yeah. You know, I think there are a a couple things that have happened like from my childhood and into recent years. So um, when I was young, um, my mom had cancer and, you know, Mm. uh, thankfully like she got through that. I mean, but I was, you know, like 12 maybe when she was diagnosed and Mm. it was serious and yeah. I remember feeling like uh, I, we got to do everything to help mom. And I remember, you know, not even like, you know, like, oh, I got to make dinner or do stuff or I, I shouldn't even go out with my friends because I have to be home. And they mm-hmm. never asked me to do those things. Um, but I felt that because I under- was old enough to understand that something serious was happening Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt that that was like, I had to do that. Um, ironically, like very recently, my mom shared a story in which like, you know, I had, she was going into the hospital the next day and mm-hmm. I had made my lunch and put it in the fridge and had it ready for school. And she went to make my lunch and it was already done. And she was actually really upset because she was like, see, my children are getting used to not having me around. So in a way I thought I was being really helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. But that caused a real pang of grief for my mom. And, you know, I think what's kind of amazing is that was a long time ago. We just talked about that a few years ago. Yeah. So, um, it highlights to me, like, you know, it's not always a, a good to, good thing, or you're not always being like helpful in the situation mm-hmm. if you're just trying to, un- like, guessing what the other person needs or, like, not expressing what you need. Like, yeah. I needed, yeah. Yeah. It's, so that was, was something from childhood that happened that I think definitely reinforced some of these patterns. Well, absolutely. And, and were like your family members, were there any aspects of that that reinforced that role that you took on that you either ascribed to yourself or just how that played out where it, you know, then it almost became kind of assumed that that's what you were doing in the family? Well, I, so I'll add, and this is important. I'm the youngest of four. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when you're the youngest, a lot of times it's like, well, okay, this is what we're doing. I mean, that was just the dynamic yeah. of being the youngest of a big family. So I, uh, I, I just kind of got used to, okay, well, we'll just do, we'll just go with the flow. Um, and that definitely happened a lot. I'm the youngest. There's a pretty big age difference. Uh, so, uh, you know, even, in years, like when I was in my early twenties, 
you know, the rest of my siblings all had young kids. So the dynamic of what we did as a family or the expectation was like, I would just go along with that because I was clearly more flexible. Um, oh yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Like you, yeah. I think they just kind of took that piece for granted, right? Like it was just like, oh, well, you know, Sandy will, will just come along. And I, so even with that dynamic, they, you kind of learn that there just wasn't time maybe even to have your voice. That's, that's exactly right. Um, you would be proud of me. I mean, I think even that sibling dynamic is one that uh, I've been breaking through a lot recently, especially in the last six months. And, uh, you know, we're trying to organize a family trip. And one of my siblings, this was just last week, shared uh, she was like, okay, we should all get on the phone. And she texted it. She's like, can we do it in an hour? And I couldn't because I was at home. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to because I was tired. I'd had a bad day at work. I was like, I really want to go to my yoga class. And if I, that's the best thing for me. So I just was like, nope, I can't make it. I need more notice next time. Ah, Sandy, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, A-plus. I was like, no, I really can't have this call. <laughs> so. Wow. And what was their reaction? Like what happened after that? Well, I think what was kind of great is that uh, one of my nephews then actually also said, he's like, you know, it's not great for me either. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so then everybody was like, yeah, this isn't good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we need more notice. Uh, so that was good. We, we said, okay, let's just collect some time and we'll figure out some time in the next day and a half to talk. It was, it was all good. Really good. Well, you see, and that's a great example of how you're getting better at set, you know, setting boundaries and also stating your needs and wants with, you know, these kind of um, different small situations. But you said you have a situation that you wanted to talk about that's, that I think, you know, has to do with more of the committed thing. Right. And it is, as we were talking earlier, I mean, I've definitely been getting involved in deeper relationships, and that's been really amazing. Um, but then also scary because I'm like, oh wow, like I need to express myself in these ways with this person. Um, and you know, example that I have, and I was really struggling around this. It's a little bit of an old situation, but I think there's still a lot that I need to learn from it. Is this person? Um, I've been involved with, you know, we've been together like four or five months, definitely spending a lot of time together, sharing a lot. Um, So I think there was a really kind of building the connection. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was under a lot of stress, like I could tell, like a lot of stress with family, with like a really intense work situation. Um, And I didn't know what to do. And, And then it was kind of causing me to feel really stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I needed to kind of like have him communicate more what was going on. Um, but I didn't know how to do that. And I felt like, oh, am I crying or am I like, I'm trying to solve the problem here for him or what is this? Because I was guessing like, is he stressed today or not stressed today? Should I plan a big, like us going out or should we 
plan for being mellow because it had been a hard week. And I just Mm -hmm. didn't know. So I was in this constant guessing game and then felt like I was guessing wrong. And Mm -hmm. I was, I was afraid to bring it up um, because I was afraid of rocking the boat because when he wasn't stressed, like things were really great and I Mm -hmm. felt really good about stuff. So I was like, Oh, like, but what does this mean? Like, how do I like, it feels like it's a hard conversation. And I think maybe at some level, I was afraid that if I brought it up, he would actually say, oh, well, you know, you're asking too much, or I just have to focus Mm -hmm. on this stuff. Um, So there was something holding me back in bringing it up. Right, right. Because I was afraid of, I was afraid of the unknown, I think, if I really, like, start digging into it deeper. I'm like, well, what could happen? I don't know. So then don't bring it up. Yeah. And this is, this is such a common thing when you've been almost like you've trained yourself to not, you know, state your needs, right. As we just reviewed with your upbringing, but you know, along with that, you're also have been trained to constantly guess what other people feel as well. Yeah. Because if you don't state your needs and you don't ask what other people are needing or feeling, then it's a, you're in that constant state of guesswork, like you said. And so you've been spending so much energy on trying to guess what he needs rather than just asking and also talking about how you're feeling. And so let me ask you, you said before you went into this scenario that you had fears around getting closer. You said you, you started, you know, that whole scenario with that. She's like, well, and that, and you're like, and that's kind of scary mm-hmm. that I'm getting to the point where, you know, we, we need to talk more. We're getting deeper. What, what do you think you're scared of in that context? Well, there's definitely a fear around vulnerability. Uh, mm. So if I, open myself more and I'm vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, uh, I mean, the easy way to say it is, oh, I'll get hurt. Um, this person may, or the situation may just kind of, they may not respect that vulnerability or they, you know, like, like there might be a, uh, Cruel is too strong of a word. I don't mean that, but just like mm. a, um, take it, taking it lightly. Like for me, like sharing and opening yourself up it, it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really scary because you just don't know how the other person is going to react. So there's definitely a, a fear that a person may take it lightly. Yeah. So your fear is that if you open up and you kind of, you're more vulnerable, then you're rock the boat, he won't like you, you you know, he'll leave, or all these fears start coming up around that, right? Oh, absolutely. And then I do have this fear of being perceived as needy. like if I'm thinking about it just like very intellectually, I know I'm not, yeah. um, but I take a lot of pride in being very accomplished and very self-sufficient. And then, yeah, I got it. 
I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Like I'm cool as cucumber. Mm-hmm. Like uh-huh. I, I I like that. Um, and that's you know being vulnerable is or expressing my needs is you know. I worry like, oh, I'm letting my cool as a cucumber facade go. You know, they're going to see through that. Yeah. Well, so for you then, (laughs) that's interesting that you just said that too. And I don't know if we've even ever talked about that. That's really good that you just said that. Because if you think about it, you know, being independent and being strong, right? There's a sense of control around that. Yes right? Like you're successful in your career because there are aspects of that that you can control. That is absolutely right. That it is. Right. And so I I have been really successful with a lot of control. So what does it mean to not be in control? If you're not in control and you're vulnerable and you and then in your mind i'm wondering if that equates not being successful and that that there's some failure around that and i know that you know given some of the things that you talked about with your upbringing you know success and and that's something that's how love got expressed you know when you accomplish something so an aspect yes. if you right if you're vulnerable and then something happens and you feel like it didn't go right then it's a failure and then oh my God, well, then what does that mean for me? I, and, and that, you know, it's scary to not have that control when, when control is something that's been a way that you've been ruling your life. And, th- and that's hard. And I think you're learning in little, you know, kind of mini scenarios how, y- you know, that that's okay. And that the right people are going to respond to you when you're vulnerable. But now when, you know, there's more almost stake, there's more at stake with this guy, it, it's right. even more scary because you're like, oh my God, well, what does that mean? So yeah, what do you think of that? Uh, just, there, is a, there is a lot baked into that. Um, when you said, you know, you've managed your life through like, you know, controlling a situation. I mean, I think there's a lot of truth in that. Um, I've been reconciling that a bit. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm good at getting stuff done. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've always been, you know, if I put my mind to it, I can figure it out and come up with a plan. So I'm good. Ah, um, right. <laughs> yeah. If I can figure it out. Wait, you just said it. If I can figure it out, if I can figure out what he needs, and and yeah. do it, and he'll like me, and we'll keep going, and we don't have to have drama, right? So it's almost that's, that's exactly right, right? That's exactly so, right. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that's it, Sandy. Like, if if you look at the core of you know what holds you back, and and the fear around being vulnerable and expressing yourself is the fear of losing control. And mm-hmm. if you know that that's the real like big association. You know, and here's the truth, is that it's actually the opposite of what you're thinking intellectually. The truth is, (laughs) is that when you're vulnerable and you express your needs, people, first of all, you're going to know the accurate reason what people need, and you spend less energy and anxiety around guessing. And then also, you 
become human. You become real and you allow somebody into your life. And guess what? That's what intimacy is all about. And so you've been spending so much time trying to control that it's been a wall and, and, and there's been a wedge in between that, you know, and, and so when you allow yourself to, to be seen, to be heard and to feel somebody who's ready. And that's the, and that's the other thing. Cause again, you're only half the equation, right? When right. somebody shows up, who's ready for that level of intimacy, they're going to be so receptive. So, so that's what I want, you know, all of you listening to here too, is that when somebody's not receptive to that vulnerability or expressing your needs, you have to ask yourself, is that the right person in the right time for you then? It's not that because you shared, it didn't work. It's because is that the right situation in person for you? You know, that's actually a really, really great point. Um, one thing I'd ask you about, so I've been practicing and I have been really proud at how like much I've grown. Um, like, you know, I'm doing it more with my family. I've been able to do it with friends as well. Um, you know, with a friend asking me, you know, how are you? And um, you'll laugh at this, Kim, you know, my standard answer is always like, I'm okay. And I said that. <laughs> and then I, with, which I know is actually not descriptive at all. And I'm not expressing my needs at all. Um, but I quickly was like, you know what, I'm not okay. It's been a hard time. All these things mm -hmm. are going on. And I, mm -hmm. I went into it. And like, since then, you know, that friend has really showed up for me. I mean, in amazing way. <sighs> That's so good. Um, and it's and it's so beautiful. And like now we've both opened up more. Uh, so like I've increased, like I've gotten more comfortable doing it with people that I've had longer relationships with. So this is a uh -huh. friend I've known since college, since college. So years and years, mm -hmm. um, you know, with my family who, you know, they still have to be my family, even if I rock the boat. <laughs> right. um, yeah. Um, I don't like, I don't sometimes know how to initiate it or bring it up with somebody I'm in a newer relationship with. And like, for example, mm -hmm. I was tying myself into knots, you know, the situation I had been describing earlier. I'm like, well, maybe I should bring it up, but like now he seems stressed. So is this a good time to bring it up or do I wait till like uh, where everything is good or that's, once I can get the conversation going, it starts to flow, but mm -hmm. I'm struggling with in a romantic relationship when and how to bring these types of conversations up. Well, let's go with that because that's a, a scenario too that I think a lot of people struggle with once they get involved with somebody. And, you know, it's always that notion of, well, it's not the right time. You know, it's not the right time. And yes. there is... I mean, okay, so there is levels of truth to that. I mean, obviously, like if he's in the middle of his work day, you're not going to, you know, text him, you know, hey, we need to talk and we need to talk now, you know, like unless it's an urgent thing. Um, that's right. like death. But, you know, I always say that there never is really the perfect time. I think it's the way that you go about it and the way you approach it. And, and as long as you are stating it, you know, where you're coming from a place of authenticity, 
and it's what you mm-hmm. really feel and it's not so like rehearsed, but it's just something that you want to talk about. It's always going to be the right time. And, and I will say, and this is not always possible in today's relationships, but you know, in person is always best. So that's, you know, the first, right. um, but if that can't be done, you know, then you can talk on the phone and you could also, you know, say, hey, you know, I'd love to have a good chat tonight or, you know, whenever, just set it up without it being some big drama, but that there is something that's on your mind and that you want to discuss. Um, I want to walk you through actually a couple of, you know, steps that I think would be helpful you know, especially in this mm-hmm. situation yeah. or even any situation. So um, can you think of maybe a particular time that you wanted to talk with him about something? And then I'll walk you through the steps because I think it'll make sense, you know, when we demonstrate it. Okay. Yeah. So um, there was a day where we were going to grab dinner after work Um Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was just coming to pick me up and, uh, his work day went long. His last meeting was a bad meeting. Uh, and like, I'd already been sensing like, okay, he's under a lot of stress. And I want to bring it up. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I'll chat about it with him tonight was what I was thinking before I saw him. Uh, and then, you know, he, he came and he really like, I could tell was still like just even trying to decompress from his day. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was like, you just talk, I'll listen for a while. Like he's like trying to, you know, like just let go of a bad day. And I was like, okay, I don't feel like this is the time to bring up this conversation. (laughs) Um, So, but maybe, but as he relaxed in the evening, I was like, maybe that's better. I don't know. So what that's, is it that that's you, an example. Well, what is it that you wanted to tell him? What were you feeling? Well, I actually, well, I was feeling that he, um, I was feeling that he had a lot going on with uh, his work and it was really stressful. And um, I didn't know what I could do best to support him. Like, I didn't know if like when these things came up, was it better for me to, you know, like, is it helpful if I'm like actually try to distract him or like to do like, let me tell you a funny story or let's watch a funny movie or does he need space or does he want to talk about it? Okay. Um, so so like, you're trying to figure know out how to be. Right. So you're trying to figure out what it is that he needed, but how was this connected to you? Like, how was this affecting you? Oh, because I didn't know what he needed from me. I felt really stressed out about how to engage. Ah, um, so wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's yeah. stay with that for a second. So you were stressed out on how to engage. How else were you feeling? Um, I was feeling really uncertain. Uncertain um, about? Yeah, yeah just uncertain about whether um, I could like support him or give him what he needs. Um, I felt, uh, I think I I just, I felt a little, um, I felt anxious. Uh, uh, uh Yeah. No, that's good. This is good. Why? (laughs) Because, um, I just, I didn't know if we were like 
getting enough quality time together. I, and I felt anxious because, you know, when you're under a lot of stress and then a relatively new relationship is under a lot of stress, like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? And how, like, you know, how do you support each other during these times? Okay. Those last and how couple do you- things. Yeah. No, no, no. This yeah. is really good because, you know, you started out with, really trying to figure out what it is he needed. But the truth is, is that you really were concerned about it because how it was impacting you in your relationship. So that, that point is really, really important. I want all of you to hear this because there's so many times we go into, you know, wanting to talk to a loved one about a situation and we're not even clear why. (laughs) you know, or what it is that is impacting us and how we're feeling. So that's the first step that I just kind of, you know, peeled away a little bit was really identify how this is impacting you and how you're feeling. And it took you a little Mm. bit, right? Like you you were more focused on solving the problem rather than communicating how this is affecting you. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. And it's, you know, it's funny because like, that's advice I give other people when they want to have like, tough conversations, like one of my siblings and our dad, I was like, stop talking about all the things he's doing and talk about how you feel. Like, that's what I told right, her. Right. Uh, you know, and I was like, <laughs> well, we're oh, always I better teachers than ourselves, right? I mean, it's always that way. Yeah. Yeah, no, but that's exactly right. And so the the second thing, and this is what I want to ask, is what is it that you want to accomplish by talking to him about this? Like, what would be the best outcome if you had, like, your magic wand? Um, the best outcome would be, I think, a deeper understanding of um, where like what we both need. So like, okay, what, not only can what I can do, but also that he is aware, like in these times, like, or when we're not talking about it, like it causes me anxiety. Um, And I I knew it wasn't intentional, but that's what was happening. Right. So what it is you want is maybe some ideas about how you can support him but also conveying how it's impacting you so you can better the relationship during these times. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay exactly. Good. Then I want you to think about, so first you're identifying how you feel, then really get clear on what it is that you want, you know, kind of the outcome. And then the third thing mm-hmm. is to think about, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? Like, if, you know, if you, if you say these things and how, how you feel at like, seriously in, in your like breaking news kind of like, you know, cause it's always bigger, first of all, in our head than it is in reality, but we, our fears really are ginormous. Um, what is the worst thing that could happen by you actually saying what you just said to me, to him? It's actually nothing too terrible, honestly. I'm kind of 
like trying to think of a worst case scenario and I almost can't even come up with one. Like it's right. It's, but what, yeah, but like, I mean, the worst that could happen is I think he might be a little surprised um, that I was feeling that way, that I was feeling like anxiety around it. Um, and how is that a bad thing to him? Yeah. But how is that? No, a bad it's not a bad, th- right. It's not a bad thing at all. It's actually a um, good thing, say, especially if he doesn't know. Right. Yeah. And it is, you know, and um, because it does happen and I'm so good at being, you know, Miss Cool as a Cucumber. Like, I don't think he suspects. I like <laughs> to have that anxiety sometimes. Right. Exactly. And, and to know that you have anxiety. Oh my God. You mean, Sandy, you're human. Wow. I didn't know you were human. That's great to know. Nice to meet you. <laughs> you know, it's like you, in, a, in some sense, he'll f- feel maybe closer to you and not so alone. Because here's the thing. When you mm-hmm. spend a lot of time being cool as a cucumber and have all the answers, the omniscient one, whatever it is, you know, or being in control, yeah, it actually makes the receiver feel a little bit hesitant to divulge things about themselves and maybe they might feel even like, oh, well, I'm not as good as Sandy. So I don't know. I shouldn't bring that up. Do you know, that, that's what prevents right. people from talking and getting closer, mm-hmm. you, you know, because right. so um, by you saying I'm a little anxious, I care, I want this to be something good between the two of us. He then, it actually gives him permission to maybe say things that are on his mind. And, and how yeah. she feels. And that's, again, what intimacy is all about. So, so that's the third step is to really see, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen. And finally, it's really to assess the reaction. So then you divulge this stuff and then you talk to him. And the, the key is to really come from a place of like where, how you feel rather than solving the problem. That's first. Um, you assess the reaction. If that person reacts defensively or like you said, you know, gets up and storms off and leaves you or, you know, whatever could be the worst in your head, then you have to ask yourself, is this the right person? Is this what I want? And is this how the person's going to handle conflict in the future? Right. Right. Oh yeah. That's so important. And it's, I mean, those are the types of things that I think, you know, we, you and I have talked about like in early stages of dating, so there are things you figure out, like how does somebody right. treat you? Like, how do they show up? This is just continuing that journey and that learning about the other person. Um, it is. And, and it doesn't that, stop. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and so I guess that's kind of the short answer to this long, longer call is that what applies in you know, in the beginning stages of dating or meeting somebody applies to, you know, the relationship in a longer relationship with somebody. It's just that sometimes we forget, we forget these things, you know, or you, you know, you, you think it's, it, it changes or somehow different. And to always just keep that in mind is that you're constantly learning and you constantly have to kind of remind yourself to express your thoughts and needs. So, well, Sandy, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Like, that was awesome. How, how do you feel? Yeah, I feel really good. It's given me some really good things to think about and some ways to, like, kind of continuing to build that muscle. 
you know, so I can yeah. exercise it. So it just gets stronger and more natural. Like I've started some of it, but yeah, this is, this is good and helpful to help me continue to do that. So Yay. really great. Good, good, good. Okay. So just name like one takeaway that you got from this. Um, so I have so many, uh, but I'll mention <laughs> one. I think, um, that there's never really a perfect time to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a powerful lesson because I think I was waiting for the perfect time and that wasn't good because it just kept festering in this example that I you know, mm-hmm. told you about. So mm-hmm. that's okay. And then I think to be really leading with how it's impacting me yeah. um, because that's so powerful. And I know that that is really important for him. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't want that to impact me nev- negatively. Um, so right. I could only gain by sharing in this situation. Absolutely. Actually in any situation. Any because situation. If, yes. Yeah. Because if he reacted badly, I would have gained knowledge that, oh, this is not the right guy. That's right. And always yeah. keep that in mind. And I think a takeaway for me for you was also just kind of relinquishing that that control and that, you know, being vulnerable is okay. You don't have to be in control. You don't have to guess, you know, yeah, it's, it's just allowing is- yourself to be, to feel. And that's what this is all about. So Sandy, thank you so much for coming on here. And I, I think it's going to be really helpful for everyone to listen to. And this has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. Remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you're looking for a quick getaway, um, definitely come check out my dating makeover retreat, the ultimate sexy reboot. It is going to be a three-day weekend. You're going to learn about the charisma quotient for finding love from the outside and using style, emotional intelligence, and social intelligence. As you know, I'm always teaching to transform you so that you attract the exact type of partner you deserve. Stay tuned till next week with more tips and how to feel and look fabulous every day. 